Welcome to Anecdotal Anatomy, the podcast that curiously explores the stories the body holds and tells through conversations, stories, and practices. Our mission is to connect the individual to the collective through our stories, so we may better understand our interdependence and ultimately live a more peaceful coexistence. Is that too much to ask for? Each episode builds from the last and contains kernels of every conversation we've had to date. We cover sciencey things like fascia, anatomy, the nervous system, and other body-based science. We also have a pretty high tolerance for the woo factor, which, let's face it, it is also energy and should not be discarded as if it has no value. We are nature-loving, yoga and meditation teaching podcasters that could, aiming to make the world just a little better than we found it. Our motto is, leave no trash trace, we're only visiting, but leave your heart print with every step. We're back, baby. <laughs> yes, welcome. Oh, and thanks for joining us. We were in Vegas and we left with so many expectations. And as happens to me regularly with expectations, what we got was not at all what we expected, but it was exactly what we needed. And we can't wait to share with you the things that were our takeaways and the things that were not quite what we had anticipated. This has been, I know you were talking earlier about what happens in Vegas usually stays in Vegas. And what are we doing today? We're not, we're not containing it to Vegas. We're bringing it home. And, you know, this is also an interesting time to have gone because both Teresa and I have been very diligent about wearing our masks. We've been very, you know, cautious about the places we've been going. And I know while I wore my mask on the plane and in the airports, I only wore it one other time when we were there. And that was after I went to see the show Love, the Cirque du Soleil, and hundreds and hundreds of people all kind of filtering out at the end. I didn't wear it during the show, but afterwards it was just too many humans and too much secondhand air. I don't know if anyone's ever watched Absolutely Fabulous, but there's a great episode when Adina's at an ashram somewhere and she's in this, you know, huddle. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I just can't sort of breathe your secondhand air. Well, that was how I felt. But it was a huge leap of faith and of just expectation of ourselves, too, I think. And we had this discussion, so I will speak a little bit for Teresa on that. But it was big. It was a huge trip on so many different levels. Yeah. And, you know, it was really interesting for me because I think I've shared this before. I was backpacking before we were in Vegas and then I was in Vegas. So the whole idea of packing and being prepared to strap everything I needed onto my back and stroll off into the great abyss, into this huge, expansive desert, which was filled with life, but not, not many human lives did I see. <laughs> but I saw plants and birds and animals and just an amazing, amazing experience of being out in nature. And then the culture shock of coming into bright lights and loud noises and the smell of cigarettes everywhere that you went, which is so unusual these days to be inside and smell cigarette smoke because most people don't smoke inside anymore. So without judgment, that's just the way it was. But I really felt myself in so many different times 
recoiling from the crowds. Not that I don't love people. I do love people. But there just seemed to be a lot of everything, a lot of noise, a lot of light, a lot of small spaces. And so, yeah, it was a little bit of um, a shock. It can be an assault on the senses for sure. You know, with all the beeping and the noise and the, I mean, and the, even electronics, all, whatever they're emitting that kind of, you know, does something to the vibration in the room. I had an aha moment during the trip because I had many of them. But after the pandemic I and quarantine, I kind of learned and really lived into my introverted part of myself. I was able to honor the part of myself that really loves and treasures my time on my mat, on my cushion, reading a book, being in deep thought, you know, sort of away from the crowd. And I'd always identified as an extrovert. So this was something that was not surprising, but I never... I never honored it. I kind of just thought, oh, that part's there and I'll, I'll get to it later. But being back in Vegas and being with people, I, I was able to remember a fuller sense of who I am and was able to re-honor the extrovert that I had kind of pushed aside during quarantine. Like, what is that? Pushing one part of a self aside for the other at any given time. And, you know, I, I, as you know, with Teresa and I, we get on, we just start talking. We go right in. The banter piece is hard for us because we're both, we just want to get to the meat of it. Small talk isn't really our thing. Uh, but I will say where I can honor small talk is when it's a threshold, when it's a way to sort of get it past that, whatever the barrier is to the deeper conversation. I couldn't stand there for hours and have small talk, but I think as a tool to get to something deeper, it is very valuable because not everyone is able to do the deep dive so quickly. And so I found it really interesting that part of myself that was able to meet people where they were in that moment and not be frustrated or annoyed or needing to move on from it, but to be fully present with it was a gift that I was able to re-gift to myself. So I'm really grateful for that. You know, I've been to many different types of conferences. And in this one, my expectation was fully coming from within. I don't think I did a whole lot of research. And I think when we registered, there wasn't a lot of research to do. We just jumped right in blindly, which seems to be the thing that you and I do well, is we, we find something we think we need to do. We jump right in and we figure it out as we're going along. And I was really expecting, and here we go to expectations. I was expecting a significant amount of successful podcasters to help teach me. You know, you might know I'm kind of heady. You know, I, I have a balance of creativity and brain and embodiment and being in my head, but I often start with the default of thinking things through. And I was hoping that there would be a significant amount of podcasters who would help me to understand how to do this better, how to structure, how to come from where we are to that next level. And we have grown so much in these 64 episodes, but I really was like, had my pen and my paper and I was ready to take the notes. And what I found out was that isn't what this conference was about. There was, and we will get to it, a ton of really great information once I stepped outside my expectation. So initially, when I started going to the um, sessions that we chose, I realized immediately that 
there were a bunch of infomercials of companies that do a whole variety of different things, all pertaining to podcast. And I have to say, I became judgmental that I had invested this money to come to a place and paid a bunch of people to sell me something. And that's where I, where I was initially. But once I was able to get past that and really be discerning on which of the different presentations I was going to choose to attend, I could get past what they were selling to the information. And there was some really valuable information that was shared that will help us to be a little bit more successful, maybe sound better or save some of the time that it takes to produce. And yes, we have an editor, but to get the content ready and all of the writing that Sherry does for our newsletter and our notes, some of the things that we learned are really going to free up our time connecting the individual to the collective through these conversations, but also through the many different programs that we just love to do. This is true. And, you know, the expectation was so interesting because it kind of, I found myself, I'm a half, I'm a glass half full person pretty much most of the time. So I can go into a situation and my default may be disappointment if my expectations aren't matched, but that's very short lived. And I, I find something that is, that is good or that is nourishing, or that is, you know, something that may not have been in the, the container of expectation. And usually that happens in interpersonal connection. That happens being part of a community. It happens because we're all there and we don't know what we don't know. And so that mystery piece is always really interesting. And I found the most, the, my favorite session of the whole time had little to do with podcasting. It was the art of the interview. Now, yes, for those who have interview podcasts, that would be absolutely. And we did have interviews in the first couple and we'll probably have more as we go. Um, it's not a, it's not part of our you know regular thing, but I can see we'll have people coming in again. But it was so much of what this guy, this guy, Max from Pineapple Something, he has a production company, but he didn't talk about that. He gave value for value's sake. And I learned so much in that session and so much of what he said could be extrapolated into other parts of what we do. It's not limited to pod, to, to interviews. And it includes listening, giving a shit, like showing up fully and being okay with awkward moments. And that piece was so important because, you know, when we go into Instagram and we go into all these other social media platforms, it seems that people want to show a perfect vision of what life could be. Like, this is perfect. This is my life. And we don't relate to that. I mean, as humans, it's, it's hard. We look at that and we do the compare and despair. And we think, oh, that person's life is so perfect. But really, it's the awkward moment. It's the moment we fall out of tree when we're, when we're showing tree pose and we fall out of it and have to come back. It's the moments where we fall down and bruise ourselves or whatever. I keep falling down. I don't know why. It's the jet lag. <laughs> but, but it's the moments where we're not perfect that we can really connect with other people. And so even in the world of expectations, if the expectations are a certain degree, there's a certain, at least from my perspective on this, something about perfection lives in expectation, that it's going to be this thing, this, this ideal. And the work that we do when we show up here and the practices that we do are about meeting the imperfect, non-met expectations, the disappointments, the shit that we have to face in our lives that interrupt us, that 
that may, they could knock us off the mountain or they could lift us up. And so, you know, not having our expectations met was a great opportunity to practice. It was a great opportunity. And you know what? There were a few times Teresa and I got into it. Like our, we show up and we are great friends and we are colleagues and we are partners, but our, our experiences are perfect. Like we have to get through some shit to get to the goodness, but we commit to it and we love each other. We love the work that we're doing. And so that's part of the practice too. It's not always like, okay, I'm going to sit and everything's going to be okay. And even if it's not, I'm going to breathe and come back to my breath and blah, 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 blah. There's real life that happens in between those moments. And that's why. Oh, yeah. The real life, the one that uh, we don't see on social media. And a lot of what we learned in a lot of the presentations were how to have a more expansive social media presence. Yeah. I mean, we are <laughs> podcasters. Yes. And we do love talking behind the mic and having these casual conversations. But there's also this part inside me. And after speaking with Sherry, I'm going to speak for her for a little bit because she just said she spoke for me. Is that, yes, we want to have this casual conversation and we want to get to know you and we want to build community, understand the individual needs and the collective needs. But the goal is not to have a million followers. We don't, I, I personally do not want to be that visible. I don't want to have my life splashed all over social media in an effort to gather listeners. I love having listeners. I know I love knowing that you're out there, but I want you to be here because we have something to share that you love because it's a value to you. So what I learned was not always what I wanted definitely what I didn't want. I gained a lot of clarity. What are the things that really are my highest gifts, my, my highest love, my highest passion, my highest value? And that is spending time with people in nature and sharing these simple, simple, but not necessarily easy ways of finding peace and healing and connection through, yes, through the microphone. That's where you're going to see me. You might see my beautiful pictures of nature out on, on social media somewhere. But really, the clarity came with how much I really enjoyed our camp this year, our rhythm and rhyme, our walks in nature with a group of people who shared like visions or who were taking that first step in, in listening to those who came and their request. You know, we always ask for feedback. What can we do? What would be more, uh, what would make this more enriching and something that you really valued at a much higher level? And it was connection, real personal connection. And yeah, in social media, we have connection, but the clarity came in, how does that lead to personal individual and small group collective interactions with each other and building relationships and deeper friendships. I totally agree. And I, and you can speak for me. I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in the energy of more, the energy of, you know, energy of abundance, I think is a little different than the energy of more. The energy of abundance is 
is our birthright. I mean, we live in abundance if we choose to see it. There is right now just sitting here looking at the snowflakes coming down. I'm not going to digress too much, but there's what does that mean? You know, so often we can get caught up in it, but then forget what it is that we're looking for, or where we're going or why we're doing what we're doing. And so for a while here, I feel like it was just like, okay, let's get more of this, more of that. And sort of, you know, walking through the market, taking more and more and more. But to what end? Are we cooking a delicious meal with it? Are we, you know, what are we doing with all this more? And I think the abundance is that connection. The abundance, when we sat down and really started talking about the things that we love, that nourish us, that what we want to do in the world. And yes, we want to have impact. But it happens, I think, so much when you are in the same room, when you are, whether it's a Zoom room or, you know, out in nature. But to be able to connect with other people and create this community, I've seen it every time, whether it was in acting or in yoga or in teaching as a student, in so many different, with my kids, that it's the communities that, that make the difference. There's accountability, there's connection, there's, if you have something that you need to say or share, to have someone there to receive it is a beautiful thing. And that's, that's just another, you know, I'm jet lagging out. <laughs> the beauty of many different time zones and going from one to the other. And, you know, just a little aside, we came back from jet lag on daylight savings. So not only <laughs> did we have a three hour time change then we pushed our clocks ahead an hour and i have to say i am grateful for the late daylight oh but it has taken a little bit of time to like settle back in uh -huh. <laughs> and the way that i found that i settled back in and this this really brought even another level of clarity for me um as i said i started my trip with a backpacking trip in in the desert then I came in, I went to the old Neon Museum. We were in a conference. There was a lot of people. We were out to dinner in loud restaurants. We had an amazing meal in a, in a smaller, quieter restaurant. There was just so many things. But the when I got home, the thing I knew I needed to do was go back to a familiar outdoor space. And so on my first day, I woke up when I woke up naturally, which was much later than usual. But I got my clothes on, put on my hiking boots. I got my much lighter backpack and off I went to walk for two hours at Five Mile Woods with a little stopover at the lake to sit on my dock. It was outdoors that was calling me. It was knowing that that is the place where I could reset, recharge and be set to step back into whatever this normal, whatever normal life looks like now. But that feeling really was the icing on the cake for the conversation that Cherry and I had on our last day of the things um, that we took away from the conference, the companies that we might want to partner with that could make our life a little bit easier so that we had time to focus on building this local community. And we don't want to be exclusive to anybody who might be at a further distance who's a listener. We would love for you to come, come from visit us. Right? Come visit come us, in. yes. We have made a change with Rhythm and Rhyme and brought it on to one weekend instead of four consecutive weekends so that people who are at a distance who wanted to come 
would be able to, but also that it's okay to be small, right? That gathering more people isn't always the answer. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier, that maybe it's just embracing the contentment where we are at any given time and kind of let things organically flow in because we have the energy of doing the things that we love, which is being creative and creating experiences, whether they're from behind the mic or out on the farm. The experience is and the the community are my highest, what I feel are the biggest gifts that I receive. Another interesting thing that I thought about being in Vegas, you know, I didn't, we didn't spend a lot of time on the strip at all. The one time driving when I went to see Love with the Cirque du Soleil, which I just fucking didn't want to end, but it felt like a whole long street of uh, Times Square. It was just that kind of assault on the senses, that bright lights and, you know, but there was also like a feeling of Miami and a feeling of Atlantic City, you know, but with mountains instead of ocean, it just had a whole different, had an interesting vibe. But what it felt for me also was how do we create a sense of equanimity among the different things, different landscapes, different places that we meet that, you know, we don't have to love everything. We don't have to think, oh, this is great. This sucks. This is, you know, I love this. I don't love that. But how can we be fully present regardless of the weather, regardless? And I use weather as, as a metaphor for, you know, cities or country or different landscapes. And part of the work that we do is trying to find the sense of equanimity. And we talked about this at, at one point that I had heard a story a long time ago. Now, this is anecdotal from an anecdotal from an anecdote. So <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what the source is, but that the Dalai Lama was at a gala event and was eating this delicious meal, this fancy, beautiful meal. And he was saying how much he enjoyed it. And the guy next to him said, but aren't you supposed to enjoy simple foods? And he said, well, it's about enjoying a fancy meal as much as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it's finding that not, I mean, his expectation, I'm, I will speak for the Dalai Lama. <laughs> He's done it. With a lot of humility. But this idea that we, we favor certain things over other things. And how can we find a certain, without without neutralizing everything, but being able to enjoy or recognize the beauty, the flavors, the senses of any situation that we're in so that, I don't know, fill in the blank. This is where the jet lag is, is kicking in. But so I'm getting little blurbs here and there. One of the things that the guy in the session that I loved said, he says, celebrate the awkward moments. Now, if you've been listening long enough, I've had quite a few of those awkward moments. And so rather than whitewashing them out and making everything perfect, Judith, Judith, <laughs> you know, we edit enough to make it sort of flow and hopefully interesting enough for you to listen, but take those awkward moments and make them as delicious and as meaningful as the more profound and, you know, creative moments that seem to make more sense. <laughs> that is my offering to you. Is it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or is it a fancy, you know, five-star Michelin meal? I don't know. You get to step into your own awkward and the awkward of other places. It's all, you know, it's also the art of being okay with silences. You know, did you ever riding in the car and all of a sudden there's that awkward silence, right? So it's an awkward moment, but do we have to change it or can we just sit in the awkwardness until we embrace that it's okay to just be in silence? So 
Um, that's Maybe not low. so much on a podcast, but in the Maybe car, yes. In the car, if we yes. all of a sudden go radio silent, I, you know, you should move on. Awkward. Yes, <laughs> awkward. You know, so, but one of the things that I visited while I was there was the Neon Museum. And at this museum, it was all of the signs. I'm not even going to say outdated because they were beautiful. But all of the old signs that were taken down in old Vegas that were all neon and replaced with LED lights, you know, and lights and flickering lights and lots of lights are definitely an overload for me. But I was so excited to go to the, the neon museum. And it was kind of an interesting dichotomy that some of the signs they were able to refurbish to get the neon to light up and for us to be able to or for me to be able to see the sign in the glory of its heyday and others were just piled awkwardly on the ground in some semblance of order but they were non-working you could see where their history was. I could see their roots. Uh, I could see their outline, but not their light, not their glow has not been restored. And maybe it won't be because, you know, they shared how difficult it was to restore some of these signs. But while I was there, kind of going through the transitions, learning all of the different things I expected to learn and the things that I didn't. This was such a great experience for our metaphor and experience for what is it that I want to restore and bring back to life? What is it that's okay to just say, you can sit over there. Um, we're not ready to restore. Maybe we will be. Maybe that, that is just something that it's time to let go of and let it fade into a dimmer beauty because there was still a beauty to the signs. They just weren't lit and a dimmer beauty. And then others were like so retro, but bright and vibrant. So I started thinking about all of that. What is it that I want to keep alive? What is it that I'm willing to let go of that no longer serves and say, you can just sit over here and maybe sometime we'll get back to you, but I'm going to honor and revel in the beauty of what once was without the attachment of saying you have to light up again. That is so profound and so important and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd spent a little time in what the Mega Mart when we got there, yes. which is an immersive art-like experience, but it also has a bit of an escape room feel. You can go through certain doors and you know, we'll show some fun pictures at some point. And uh, we did our live on Facebook from that space. And that was also, you know, not separate from the experience. Everything that we did, you know, you did things on your own with your son and daughter-in-law. I did things on my own with a friend and, you know, went out. We did things together in different ways. And, you know, the, the podcast convention was the reason for going, but all of these offshoot experiences are part of the whole. And so what was happening in the hotel and what was happening outside kind of fed each other. So while we're in this extremely interesting, immersive experience, supermarket type thing, and we're going through the freezer and we're finding all these different, you know, nooks and crannies and actually had an interesting conversation with someone. There's a lot of AI, a lot of, 
you know, artificial intelligence, both at the conference, which get ready, it's it's here, it's not going anywhere, and it's scary as fuck. Um, and it's going to be great, like, you know, <laughs> like anything, it's going to have its, you know, the things that are wonderful and then the things that'll kill us all. So what am I saying? So we're in this experience and there are so many different levels to it. You can go in and just sit at the bar, have some drinks. By the way, I had my worst martini ever there. You know, someone who gives you a dirty, warm martini and you didn't ask for it that way. Oh, anyway, I digress. You could just go there and have a drink or you can, you know, fly through the air on one of their little hooking in things that lets you fly. I don't know what it's called. Or you can allow yourself to go into these different immersive things and and have a different kind of experience. And they have, I don't, I, there's a story that's being told. I didn't actually follow the story, but there's a sense of heightened reality. And I think Vegas, places like Vegas and Atlantic City and, you know, I don't know, other places that do this, that give you a sense of, I don't know, living in the simulation, heightened reality, also give an opportunity to take a look at, you know, how is this the same? How is it different? How do I live in this? How is this affecting my nervous system? How is this affecting, you know, when you're in a heightened experience, it's almost easier to take that look because you're out of the normal patterns. You're not just, you know, moving from a sense of habit or, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I can feel my heart is racing. Or those interoception experiences, Miss Teresa, where you can actually sense your organs doing their thing. I don't know, I had a little bit more of that in the immersive experience than I do in my daily, everyday experience. And maybe maybe that happens at amusement parks or museums or other places where you're seeing either great works of art or, you know, letting your, getting on a roller coaster, I don't know. Jet lag, awkward. Should we be recording what's going on? <laughs> no, I think it's all good. I think really what happened a lot, both in the preparation in our time there and as we returned was for me and i know for you because i saw this was a leaning into our practices at a time when everything changed you know when you're at home and you have your routine maybe sometimes those practices really just they fit in they're in the schedule we know what we're doing for me uh I would go outside every day after our lunch break and either walk around the hotel or, you know, I sat in the middle of their very small but outdoor garden in the sun looking at palm trees, which was a whole different type of sit spot. I know that each morning that I would go and get coffee and I would come back, you would be doing your practice again, abbreviate, don't, um, don't eliminate. I always say it different than you. Uh, you do because you say it in a rhyming way, abbreviate, don't eliminate, which I really love. But it started out abbreviate, don't abandon, because the word abandon just felt like, you know, Ever. I'm leaving you to the side. But <laughs> when we stepped outside of our routine, I found myself really, really knowing that I needed to lean into my practices. The more I spent time inside in air-conditioned air and filtered air in large groups of people so different than how I live my life when I'm not at a convention, the thing that kept me going, the thing that kept calm throughout that experience was knowing that my practice was what I needed to lean into. And when the breaks arrived, it was to go outside, to have a walk, to look up at the beautiful sky, to see the different types of plants that there are in a desert than there are here 
bumps looking and glancing out my window and seeing snow instead of the warm of the, the desert. But those opposites, those things that balance each other were really important and brought to me a clarity that I don't know that I would have gotten without the experience of looking at these two opposite ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. and how I was able to play between the two of them. I will honestly say, I don't know that I ever have to go back to Vegas. <laughs> you know, many people love the big cities and there are cities that I love to visit for specific reasons, but it's my second time there. And I, you know, what happened in Vegas can stay in Vegas. I'm grateful for the experience, but I also know that had I not had my practices to lean into, I probably would have left there a little, little bit kooky. Or maybe I I'm did sorry. leave there a little kooky. We all both did. And my dogs are going nuts, which is why I was muting myself. And a woof, 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 woof. <laughs> yeah, and it, we went out the first night to a great vegan dim sum place. Oh my God, this is great. That was so delicious. It was so good. And had a few other meals that had curated certain items for vegans. But the hotel we were staying in did not have such such offerings. And so I... I think years ago, if I had had this experience and every day had to eat that soggy avocado toast that just was like soggy guacamole on top of soggy toast, I would have freaked out and it would have been not so pretty and I would have been sad and I probably would have cried more. But this time I kind of took the note from the Dalai Lama and I've also been working on this for a long time. But I found a way to enjoy it. I found a way to say, oh, this is what I get to have today. There's food I get to have that's nourishing. I get to, you know, not be hungry when I go to the next session or whatever it was. But it was wholly different than I know it would have been in the past. So grateful for that, grateful for the practices and grateful for the clarity that we are going to be moving forward with, which, um, you know, we do have, we're going to be rolling out some of our signature programs that, that we did last year. You know, Rhythm and Rhyme, Camp, we're going to, you know, go into Discover Your Excellence in a different way. We're going to really refine and go in, but they, these programs are designed for you and they come from our gifts and skills and our desires and the things that we love, but they are intended for you. So as we are growing and moving and um, they're all on the calendar, so we're going to be hearing about them very, very soon as they come up. And also, you know, we've got something for Earth Day coming up. We've, there's a yoga fest in Bucks County, May 20th. So, you know, these are things to begin to look forward to. So please, you know, put a note on your calendar, put a note in your heart for these, because, you know, anyone can offer programs and many people do. And many people return because the content is what they're looking for. And without being boastful or, you know, sort of overly confident. That, thank you, Luna, for barking at that moment. I think Teresa and I bring very different but complementary energies to the things that we offer. And you're not going to find anything that we're doing, anything like the way we're doing anywhere else. So join us. I am so excited. Well, I love the warmer weather. I've learned to love all weather instead of saying, oh, I don't like the cold. I know say, oh, this is what cold and snow and rain feels like. Siva and I had to go for a nice long walk. She needs to do her business in the rain last night. And there was a time where I would have been like, oh, we got to get moving, hurry up. But instead, I just embraced walking in the rain and uh, said, oh, what a different feel that it is. And we also learned that in our programs last year during camp, 
we had the hottest day of the year, but we found a way to bring a baby pool and ice and salty snacks. On the other end of the spectrum, we also found the coldest day in November when it was windy and, and freezing outside. But yet everybody came and we walked outside on the farm and just had an amazing time being outside. What I, but what my takeaway from that was how quickly we could pivot to serve the people who said that they wanted to come. We asked, do you still want to come on this hot day? And there was a resounding yes, yes, yes. There were a couple of people who knew that it wasn't the best choice for them, but most everybody came and we were able to pivot. And I think that's one of our strengths that when we put both of our different creative minds together, we, um, we came up with a good plan for how to play. And like any program, the second time you offer it is always better than the first because you'll learn all the things you missed the first time. And maybe the third or fourth might be even better. Who knows? But they continue to grow. As Sherry mentioned, Earth Day is April 22nd. We're going to have a SEVA program, uh, very much like my dog, who I say SEVA, but it, she's named after the Sanskrit word SEVA, which is Service for the Joy of Serving. So we'll be looking at that. We're presenting at the Bucks County Yoga Fest, which is super excited to be with Trina again. She does, she, we worked with Trina in many different places in the past, both at the Prancing Peacock, also um, for Black Lives Matter. She did a, uh, an event that we presented in individually for that one. But, you know, then again, we have June, July, August. So watch our, our social, read the newsletter when we send it. If you're not on the newsletter, just go over to the website. There are ways to register. I'm putting the, uh, the link in show notes now. Ooh, so show yes. notes and newsletter and uh, the website. Yes. So head on over to find out those dates. Of course, we'll give them to you here. But if you're like me, if I'm not sitting down with my pencil in my hand or in front of my computer dates, I have a way of disappearing in my memory. So <laughs> that would be great. And, you know, if you're looking to find ways to build community, to connect with new friends, to lean into your own practices, to step outside your comfort zone sometimes and find ways to step back into it and to learn a little bit more about yoga as a lifestyle. These programs are for you. And they're fun. <laughs> That's our one of our pillars is play. So I think that we've covered what we wanted to cover for this day, for this podcast. I hope you got what you needed, left what you didn't, and, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. And remember, what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay there. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to our channels and all our other stuff. Thank you for inspiring us to have these conversations and to create contemplative live experiences that move our bodies, hearts, and minds to the rhythm of our highest selves. Thank you for showing up. Feel free to send us your stories, questions, and comments to anecdotalanatomy at gmail.com. As always, 
We thank our amazing editor, Judith George, Keith Kenny for our fun music, and Cindy Fatsis for our photos. Journey with us as we continue down the roads of discovery, taking the detours and meeting the mysteries. You are our why. See you next time.